SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. From Las Vegas, it's Cover It with Teddy Covers. Hour number two of Cover It with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 204 begins right now. Let's get into it. You guys want a story? Yeah, hour number two, I'm going to bring in Ralph Michaels. All right. And Ralph Michaels is going to break down his NFL guide, which is going to give us returning starters, starting the schedule stuff. It really is a strong uh, download. Of course, you can get that for free. Ralph will tell you how. Uh, here in hour number two. But before we get there, all right, before we get there, I have to tell a gambling story. The Reggie Miller game. And the reason I want to talk about the Reggie Miller game is everyone's talking about Trey Young right now like he's Reggie Miller. So the Reggie Miller game, I was there. No, I wasn't at Madison Square Garden watching it live. I was on the couch with my bookie in a double or nothing bet trying to get even. (laughs) And, of course, I was mocking him. Let's tell the story. This is back in 1995, 26 years ago. Goodness gracious. Uh, And, of course, it was game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals. And I had been running bad, as usual at the time. Not unusual. I was not a winning sports better for many years when I started. I was happy when I broke even. Once in a while, I'd make a profit. But more often than not, I gave money to my bookie, who was also my friend. I'm going to give him one name, Bill. <laughs> yeah, Bill and Ted, you got it. Uh, from back in the 90s, every time we were together, it was like, Bill and Ted, you know, but doesn't matter. So my buddy Bill is my bookie, and we are sitting there on the couch watching Pacers Knicks. And yeah, I'm mocking the guy because, as many beginning bettors do, I didn't care if I lost the one game. I was just going to double the bet for the next game and double it for the next game. And I think I lost three or four in a row. And I was making a big bet. (laughs) Uh, But I was just double or nothing. I had run into his limits. I was only a $100 better at the time, you know. Uh, So here I was betting a nickel or, I don't know, a dime. It wasn't a ridiculous amount. But it was a lot of money for me at the time, absolutely. And I'm betting the Knicks. I'm a Knicks fan. I'm still a fan at the time, which uh, as a better you don't necessarily want to be. But I hated Reggie Miller and all of that. Uh, like Knicks fans did even before <laughs> the incredible comeback. And then, of course, you guys know what happened. You know, Knicks are leading 105 to 99. They were minus one, one and a half in that game. I know if they won by two, I was good. I think it was one and a half, if my memory, you know, I'm trying to remember a game, one game from 26 years ago. But it was a big game. And, of course, the Pacers down 105 to 99. Reggie Miller hits a three, steals the Anthony Mason inbounds, Hits another three, and then the Knicks missed a pair of free throws. On the rebound, they fouled Miller, and he hit two free throws to win the game in straight-up fashion. Absolute thievery over the final 20 seconds of that contest. And I'm sitting there going, again, there's 20 seconds left. I won this game. 
I'm laughing at my bookie. Ha ha, I lost all these bets to you, and I chose the right game to double or nothing on, and now I'm going to get all my money back. We're even. Ha ha ha. Well, <laughs> Reggie Miller subsequently became his favorite player of all time. You can ask him to this day. He'll say Reggie Miller's his favorite player of all time. And without a shadow of a doubt, the mocking flipped. <laughs> and now i got to pay him because I'm up against my limit. The Reggie Miller game is a game I will always remember. And it teaches you one lesson. And it's the same lesson that you can learn today as you did then, which is don't write down the W on your spreadsheet till the game is over. That is a fact. You know, and that's one of those things. Again, I've been in Vegas now since 98. But, I don't know, I, and this one I don't remember the game. It was a baseball game where my team was leading, what, 7-1 to one in the 8th, and I got on the spreadsheet and wrote down the W. And again, I'm not one of these guys that is superstitious on a regular basis. I'm not, uh, I did have a lucky urinal once back in the day at the Fiesta Hotel and Casino off the strip here in Las Vegas. Uh, in the fourth quarter of a closed game, if I'm struggling in the NFL, I used to watch NFL there every Sunday, I would wait you know, there's like 20 urinals <laughs> lined up in the, in the casino bathroom. And I, if there's someone sitting in front of one, I would wait until they got up uh, so I could use my lucky urinal in the fourth quarter. Uh, but those are few and far between. I don't have a whole lot of things where uh, I get particularly superstitious or uh, where, I'm, you know, where I let the non-game outcomes affect my mentality. But... <laughs> And there's, no, there's always a but. That W, when you write it down before the game's done. The, the baseball game, the 7-1 to game I was talking about, the other team came back and scored seven in the bottom of the eighth and two more in the ninth and beat them. You know, it ended up being a loser. And from that moment, I'm like, you're not allowed to write that W down on your spreadsheet until the game is actually won. And I bring up the spreadsheet for a reason, all right? there's so I'm amazed at how many people don't track every bet they make. If you're serious about this in any way, shape, or form, okay, you need to be able to look at a spreadsheet of your results and say, hey, I'm doing good at this, I'm doing bad at that, and to analyze that spreadsheet and give yourself the information that you need to figure out what you're good at and what you're not as good at and what you're seeing clearly and what you're not seeing as clearly. So, I mean, the tracking every bet, the spreadsheet stuff, I know there's programs online you can do it, but... If you're trying to get from here to there as a sports better, you're breaking even, you're losing a little bit, if you're trying to become a profitable handicapper, there is no more important task than tracking every single bet you make and figuring out what you're good at and what you're bad at. Ralph Michaels coming up next. Cover it continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. 
Cover It with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM, Channel 204, The Sports Grid, our radio network. And I bring my next guest on as often as I can talk him into being on the show. Usually every month or two, I'll have Ralph Michaels on when he has time. And Ralph is busier than the average guy over the course of the summer. Why? Because he's putting out these ridiculous guides, college football guides, NFL guides. And his latest NFL guide just came out. It's free to download. Ralph Michaels, welcome to the program. We're going to break down your NFL guide division by division, my friend. So I hope you are ready. Eddie, it's always exciting to talk about the NFL. You know, I did a tweet today, and uh, we're looking, and it's midsummer, but we're 42 days, 40 days away until the NFL Hall of Fame game, and we're 63 days away from the first game of college football. Sure, sure, and which is, and again, I, I, I take the last two weeks of July off. You know, I do it almost every year. I try to. I got to get out of town. Vegas gets a little bit ridiculous in the summer. Um, you don't want to be here all summer without a break. <laughs> uh, and as a sports better, when you don't take Christmas breaks and you don't take uh, spring break, and you know, you got to take time somewhere. Uh, the last two weeks of July is tends to be when I do it. At some point in July, just about every year. But the key is that when you come back. You know, and I think I fly back into town. I got to look at my calendar, August 1st or July 31st, whatever it is. I fly back into town, and that's football season. Football season starts right then and there. As I get off the plane, I know that, you know, uh, no, no more screwing around. But the time between here and there, Ralph, arguably the most valuable time uh, in the sports betting year because the bettors that put their time into football now have a huge edge over the betters who are trying to put their time into football the week of the game start to come out. Agree or disagree? They are, absolutely, Teddy. I think it starts right after the season ends. You start doing up-downs or plus-minuses. You make adjustments as the season goes. And as you and I know, it's an ever-changing game in college football with the, uh, with the new transfers. And even in the NFL, seeing things that happened just a couple days ago as the Steelers who are down three offensive line starters from last year, decided to cut to Castro as well, I, I believe, on Thursday. So, you know, those are ever-changings where your model has to change as the news happens day in and day out. So an offensive line is a really good place to start here. Uh, Ralph, we're going to go through division by division and talk about teams that are bet on and or bet against. We're going to talk about how to download Ralph's guide in just a minute. But I want to start on the offensive line. We talked about this with Chris Andrews from the South Point in hour number one, where Chris is saying, I start my college football handicapping up front on the offensive line. It's not about the quarterback. It's not about the skills and talent. It's about who can control the trenches. And the NFL is no different in that regard, are they? Uh, I mean, it really feels to me like, and there's two teams that have suffered significant offseason losses on the offensive line, Pittsburgh being one, the Las Vegas Raiders being the other. And we have seen money coming against both those teams in the offseason betting marketplace. Teddy, and on the flip side, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs. You saw what happened to their offensive line against an elite defense in the Super Bowl. Well, what happened? They had, as I'm counting as I say this, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10. They had 14 offensive linemen start. What did they do? They picked up three offensive line starters that started 16 games for New England, Baltimore, and the Rams. So I agree. Offensive line is the most important. Those teams that are the bereft of talent are going to be way down. 
And teams like Kansas City, who you say, how can they improve? They went to the Super Bowl. I actually have them up several notches. Well, and that's a, a very worth noting because a lot of times they call it the Super Bowl loser curse, where team to look, uh, where you look to bet against the team that lost the Super Bowl the previous year. Of course, uh, KC in the Super Bowl last year was uh, an exercise in futility offensively. Patrick Mahomes running for his life throughout basically the entirety of that contest against uh, Tampa Bay. So, Ralph, I guess I want to start with your process. You put together this incredible guide. Tell people how they can download it and talk about what you put in to the numbers before we start breaking down these teams. Well, the NFL guide, completely free, no address, no credit card number needed. You just go to goldsheet.com. You'll see the NFL guide advertised right on the front page. It'll take you to the link and you can download it. Basically, Teddy, I wanted to do this. I wanted to share the process that I go through for each NFL team and be able to put that in a guide so all of our listeners can now become an NFL expert in a short period of time. I have a schedule. I have the schedule with my power rating numbers. So you're going to see if you turn the Kansas City page, I have them favored by four points or more in every game, with the exception of the game of Baltimore that I have as a pick em. So I already have them. Then you're going to see position by position. Every player that started in the NFL is listed in my guide. You're going to see that they're returning to the team. You're going to see that they were a free agent when the guide was printed. Or you're going to see they went to another team and what team they went to. So you can take what the team did last year and position by position, do your own up-downs. And then I also have the complete stats for last year so you can see really how much each player contributed. So, uh, again, when you talk about player-by-player analysis, (laughs) all right, that's meaningful. All right, this is stuff that can help you. And teams with continuity are likely to be better early in the season than teams that are that don't have that level of continuity, teams that are breaking in new systems, bringing in new coordinators, new coaches, new players. So that continuity factor, certainly for September NFL, is a huge deal. Let's get into it, Ralph. Let's, uh, I mean, we got a couple minutes for the break here. Let's start uh, breaking down a division. And we may as well start in the AFC East, uh, where we have not one, not two, but three teams lined at nine wins or higher, the only division in the NFL with three teams expected to win nine games or more. That would be Buffalo, New England, uh, and Miami. And then, of course, the Jets with a uh, new quarterback, new system, new coach. It's always the same story with the Jets. doesn't matter how long you've been following that team. Of those four teams, Bills, Patriots, Dolphins and Jets, do you see any bet on or bet against from the AFC East? I don't. I think the Bills are clearly the best team, but they're priced right at 11. Now, in the guy, Teddy, on page six, I do want people to pay attention. We're going to talk about divisions here. We're going to break down the divisions. Remember, we may talk win total. We may talk yes, no playoffs. We may talk conference. We may talk Super Bowl. There's also coach of the year odds. There's a lot of times you have to go through those odds 
and decide what's best for each team. So when I look at Buffalo, do I want to lay minus 175 that they're going to win the division? Or would I rather lay 11 at minus 130? Or would I want to lay minus 360 to make the playoffs? So when I look at all of those options, my top play is I am not afraid to lay the minus 175 that they're going to make the playoffs. The way their schedule breaks out, the way they were number eight last year in yards per game diff, number five in points per game diff at plus 7.9. And when I look at their plus minuses for this year, I'm very happy with what they had because they were a team that didn't benefit from turnovers. They were only plus four. You look at the rosters, there are no starters that started over nine games last year that are lost, yet they added four starters that started nine games or more. It's a it's a healthy increase to that team, and I think Sean McDermott in this fifth year clearly has Buffalo in position to be the force in the East. Sure, and of course, I'm going to talk about the Miami Dolphins, but I'm going to wait until after the break because we have just a couple of seconds left here. Before we go to break, we'll have much more with Ralph Michaels at CalSportsLV on Twitter, and of course, that free download at goldsheet.com. Much more coming up. Cover it continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid, our radio network. I'm talking here with Ralph Michaels at CalSportsLV on Twitter, and we are breaking down all eight NFL divisions. And we talked about the AFC East. It's the first one we've gotten into. We're talking about the Bills to make the playoffs as being a bet. You have no problem laying a little bit of juice on Buffalo. I wouldn't argue with that. But the team that I think is the most undervalued commodity in this division is the Miami Dolphins. Somehow or other, Tua went from being the next great thing, all right, clear NFL star, tank for Tua, you know, to, what's he playing, five games? Did he start for them? And five games were like, oh, no, Tua stinks. Nah, Tua's no good. It's like, settle down, Beavis. <laughs> And you look at every other part of that roster. Miami's loaded with skill position talent. Their defense is tremendous. The secondary is going to be making plays all year long. Everyone bought into what Flores was selling last year. I think the Dolphins are the undervalued commodity in the AFC East. And if there's one team I'd be looking to bet over the total and or bet on on a week-in, week-out basis, to me, Miami's that team. Buffalo priced correctly in the markets. Miami's a team where the betting markets just seems to me like they're giving the Dolphins a little bit of short shrift. Let's move on to the AFC North. We have Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, 
all loaded teams, loaded franchises, and of course Cincinnati with the return of Joe Burrow and uh, a team that I guess they showed some signs last year. You know, they were a good point spread team when Burrow was behind center. Uh, what do you make from the AFC North? Any bet ons or bet against from this division? Anything you're looking at in the future marketplace? I'm betting Cleveland to win the division, and I'm going to bet Cleveland to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I also think Cincinnati has a very legitimate shot this year to finish third with the Steelers finishing fourth. I look at Pittsburgh, and we talked about an offensive line that statistically, if you look at them running the ball, they were very poor. If you look at them in pass coverage, they were actually the number one team in offensive sack percentage. Why they threw so much, Roethlisberger got rid of the ball. But you're talking about having a team that had four major starters now gone. Villanueva, 16 starts, goes to Baltimore. Pouncey, 13 starts, retired. DeCastro, as I said, they just cut a couple days, 13 starts. Feeler, 13 starts to the Chargers. You are starting with a brand-new offensive line. You have a new OC this year who's changing the verbiage. They don't understand why. You have Roethlisberger, who's getting old, who's going to get banged up against this offense. When I look at Cleveland, simply, the offense made no major changes. Everyone returns. And when you look on the defense, yes, they made numerous changes, and yes, they had to. And everybody trashed their secondary. But let's remember this. Denzel Ward was a Pro Bowl player two years ago. He got hurt in August. Yep. The Browns' number one draft choice, the cornerback who was going to start, got hurt in August. So not only are those two players back, you get John Johnson, who was the number one tackler for the number one defense Rams at safety, and you get Troy Hill, who was the number two tackler for the number one defense, who's back for the Browns. I think they have a strong team. And let's not remember, Baker Mayfield had four different OCs in his four years. And with Kevin Stefanski in his first year last year, they had no, they had no camps in the summer. They had no preseason games, so Baker had to learn this offense on the run. I look at the Browns, when I look at the Browns' schedule, I have them favored in all but four games, at Kansas City, at Baltimore, at Green Bay, at Pittsburgh. That Pittsburgh line will obviously change now. I will have Pittsburgh as a dog, I think, with Cleveland, uh, with Pittsburgh making some changes. So I have Cleveland, number one, win the division and go to the Super Bowl. Baltimore number two, yes to make the playoffs. Cincy three, and then Pittsburgh four. So it sounds to me like you've got a pretty strong fade on this Pittsburgh Steelers team right now. And, of course, when you have an old quarterback and a dicey offensive line, another thing betters may want to look at with the Steelers is looking to play them under the total on a week-in, week-out basis. If their defense is good and their offense is not, that bodes well for under betters. All right. Um, and I want to ask you a little bit about Cleveland because in my mind, well, first, you're an Ohio guy. If the Browns win, would you cry? Yes or no? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> my son was visiting from Cleveland uh-huh. on Father's Day when LeBron beat the Golden State Warriors and he had to yep. fly back that night. And I absolutely had tears in my eyes. Um, I went to Red Right 88. For those that don't know, that was Brian Sipe against the Raiders, that we would have been beat Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. I was at the drive. I, I watched the fumble. Um, I absolutely would. As a Browns fan, Cleveland is a football town, and there would be hundreds of thousands of wet eyes 
if the Browns ever <laughs> when they win the Super Bowl. Let's get let's not say if they ever. Oh no, let's leave it in the if because uh, they haven't done it yet. Um, and of course, if the Browns and Lions won in back-to-back years, that would be the end of life uh, as we knew it uh, on Earth. Uh, of course, I'm just kidding. Um, now let's shift to the AFC South. We have the Titans and Colts both won 11 games last year. The Texans won four, and the Jaguars won one. And when you look at the betting marketplace for those two bottom teams right now, they're flipped. There's a lot of support. I've seen a shocking amount of support for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the early offseason markets. And I understand Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer are two guys that people know, but it's a Jags team that had holes everywhere a year ago. One QB isn't going to change that. And, of course, the Texans team that's dealing with, uh, how do we call it, uh, some off-field turmoil with Deshaun Watson, uh, who is now basically untradeable for Houston, uh, given his contract and given his off-field issues. Watson, as a QB, as good as it gets, as a human being, the jury's still out on that. And the Texans, I don't think there's any team in the betting markets that people have faded more than Houston since the start of the offseason. What do you got in the AFC South for us, Ralph? Teddy, I'm going to toss up. I've gone back and forth between Indianapolis and Tennessee to win. Uh, I think Wentz needed to get out of Philadelphia. I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was for the Eagles. Um, but I, this is the one where I, I, I'm going to make it a toss-up. I do have Jacksonville finishing against Houston. I just see Houston being a complete trend wreck. And when you look at Jacksonville, there's a couple things to remember. Number one, rookie quarterbacks are not the same rookie quarterbacks of as old. When these kids are going through high school and they're going through camps and they're going through these manning throwing camps, they are much more mature. We've seen the progression. We've seen the, the, the Herberts in San Diego, the Tuas, the other rookies that have had successful seasons. And then you look at their additions and subtractions. They were the 31st team that had the most injuries last year. So they used 81 players, which was second most. They started 50 different players, which was number 29. What is Urban Meyer going to do? I don't know. We're going to take what's happened in Carolina. We're going to take what's happened in Arizona. We're going to see if a college coach can now turn the progression over. But their additions, I love their additions. You look at the D-line. They lost nobody. They had Malcolm Brown and Robertson Harris. On tight end, they still have O'Shaughnessy, and they they had Manhurts. Linebackers, they do lose Coro, who started six games, but they get Wilson, who started 13. Safeties and cornerbacks, they had four starters to last year's team that didn't play well. So I see a lot of improvement. Jacksonville is a team that I expect that I may not play in September. From October on, though, I think they really can surprise some people. Interesting, because, again, this is a team that finished uh, with their one opening day and then lost their last 15. Uh, I think the Jets had a worst point differential, but they were you know they're outscored by 186 points uh, <laughs> in their uh, 16 games. And, of course, the Jags team with a rookie QB and a rookie coach. And you bring a great point, bringing up Matt Rule and Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Rule in Carolina, Kingsbury in Arizona, uh, where we've seen the college head coaches. It used to be, oh, you know, Spurrier comes to the NFL, just start fading him from day one. Um, that's not the case in 2021. That is outdated. Uh, so it's really interesting to see the, your support uh, for Jacksonville. But 
And still, when I grade out that roster, I see a team that has a whole lot of holes. And when you have a rookie QB and a whole lot of holes, you talked about Justin Herbert last year. And he's a great guy to talk about in this. When you're like, oh, I cashed a season win total on the Chargers under last year, and I don't know that I've ever been more wrong and cashed a winning bet <laughs> than I was on that because the Chargers were way better than I thought they were going to be. And Herbert you know, uh, was every bit as good in his rookie season as he was in college. There was no, or he was better. You know, there was no drop-off uh, in that regard. You talked about Tennessee and Indy at the top of the division. And real quick, we got just a minute uh, before the break here, Ralph. But I'm a big fan of Carson Wentz this year. I really think that the situation on and off the field in Philadelphia affected him very negatively. And that Carson Wentz is primed for a bounce-back campaign under Frank Reich. Agree or disagree? Agree. You know, I, I said I thought he would benefit leaving Philadelphia. I'm not quite as high that he'll be able to fit in that Frank Reich system right away. But, uh, you know, Rivers Rivers had a mediocre year. I mean, he was 24-11. He was sacked 19 times. They just need Wentz to not be a turnover machine. And the offensive line, which struggled and only averaged, uh, you know, well, they did average 4.3 yards per carry, so let me take that. The offensive line that did average 4.3 yards per carry picked up two starters from the Chargers and Carolina, so we're going to see a big improvement in that unit. More with Ralph Michaels coming up after the break. Cover It continues right here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM and Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. We got extended time with Ralph Michaels talking NFL and his NFL guide. You can download for free at goldsheet.com. Of course, you can find Ralph Michaels on Twitter at CalSportsLV. Again, Cal, C-A-L, Sports, L-V uh, on Twitter. Ralph, we've gone through three NFL divisions. We've got five to go, man. Uh, let's step it up here in segment number three of our number two and talk about the AFC West. I talked about catching a season win last year on the Chargers under their win total. Like I think I got there by the hook. Uh, and I was lucky and I was wrong, and I'll take it. The Chargers blew all kinds of winnable games. How good are they this year? When you talked about how Kansas City, you have them four points better than anyone in the NFL. Do you worry at all about the Chiefs' skill position depth? Last but not least... At the bottom of the division, what do we do with the Raiders? How far are they going to drop? The betting markets do not like Vegas this offseason. Nor do I, Teddy. You know, we're, lo- we're looking at a Las Vegas team last year that was number 17 in yards per game with their 8-8 eight and eight record. That makes sense. But you look at what they had to do, their division has passed them. 
The Chargers, clearly the second-best team. I bet KC over 12.5 wins, guys. I think they're that good. I think, how can you bet over 12.5 wins? Well, the Kansas City Chiefs have gone over each of the last six years. That's unheard of. The only team that's happened to. Number two team in the division, Chargers. Chargers make the playoffs in my book. I like what the Broncos have done. I don't like their quarterback situation. If they go over and get Aaron Rodgers, that changes everything in the division. Raiders, fourth. I'm going to play the Raiders under. Raiders this year may likely go one and five in the division. And then you add in having to play Baltimore and Pittsburgh and Cleveland, including Pittsburgh and Cleveland on the road. Uh, it's just It just makes a real struggle for me. So Casey, Chargers over. Denver at the number. LA, Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me, under the total. So, see, I look at Denver and I see bet on all the way. You know, their defense is absolutely loaded. And, of course, Vic Fangio is a defensive mind. And it's a defense that was riddled with key injuries last year. They get everybody back. They drafted defense. I look at that defense. It grades out as a top five D in the NFL. And they look at the QB issues. Yeah, sure, it's Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Huh? They're both. <laughs> I don't know if either one is elite. But I would think one of the two is capable. Um, and if you have enough other pieces in place and enough skill position talent around, the capable guys, capable can be enough. i got buy sign on Denver. But, of course, the markets have priced into the factor that Denver may get Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so I am not betting any Broncos futures over just yet. We'll wait uh, until the markets cool off in that regard. Or I guess if the, the Broncos do end up with Aaron Rodgers, I'm not going to get the bet that I hoped to make. Let's shift over to the NFC. And, of course, we had one division last year where nobody finished 500. That would be the NFC least, where, once again, hope springs eternal for Washington, New York, Dallas, and Philly. Anyone you like out of this division, anyone you don't like out of this division, talk about all your returning, returning starters and schedule angles when it comes to the NFC least and a division that was god-awful a year ago. Well, yeah, I am a Washington football fan, and I think they have the best defense in football, period. You know, yards per game last year, they were number two. When you take an offense that was number 30 in yards per game, you come up with a team that's 13th overall at plus 12.7 on the diff. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick, they had to overpay to get him, but that's fine. What was he? He was a game manager in Miami. Guess what? All he needs to be with this defense is be a game manager. You have skill position players, which I love. And it could be Washington by default because you look at, at the train wreck Philadelphia is. You look at uh, you look at the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, Mike McCarthy is showing how inept he really is. And then you had the Giants, who I don't think are ready. You know, the Giants would be actually my number two pick. I think they could surprise. I don't think they'll be there. But Washington, clearly my team to, to win the NFC East. And uh, we had Chris Andrews on earlier from uh, the South Point Race in Sportsbook, and he talked about uh, the Giants as a team that he was interested in as well and some uh, team that has gotten at least some betting attention in Dallas being a bet-against squad. And, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, with Jalen Hurts at QB. You look at that schedule. I talked about Philly uh, on the show a couple of weeks ago, how their season got ruined when the schedule came out. Just look at the Open. You know, at Atlanta, San Fran at home, at Dallas, KC at home, at Carolina, Tampa at home, at Vegas, at Detroit, Chargers at home, at Denver, New Orleans at home. 
They're not favored in any of those games. <laughs> okay. Nary a one. So it's going to be, I think, a long season for Philadelphia. Let's talk about the NFC North. And again, with the issues with Aaron Rodgers and his status, it makes this division a little bit more difficult to bet right now because we don't know the status of Rodgers. Uh, Chris Andrews said that the Bears and Vikings have both been taking over money. As better think Green Bay might be down a notch or two or six this year. And of course, the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff picking up the rear in the betting marketplace. What's your take on the NFC North, Ralph? Well, you, you have a you have a quarterback that was forty eight and five. Guess what? He's not going to have a forty eight five ratio again, even if he comes back. You have a team. This is the only team in the NFL, Teddy, that did not sign a free agent. They lost Jamal Williams, a running back. They lost Corey Lindsay, an offensive line starter, thirteen games. They lost the linebacker Christian Kirksey, who signed with Houston. So all they have is their free agents. They did not sign a free agent. You look at it also at a team that was that that was plus seven turnovers, and they had an offense averaging thirty one point eight points per game, which got enough done. I look the Chicago Bears here. I'm going to take a little bit of a long shot and call for the Chicago Bears to win the division. Uh, I I do like. You know, I do like what they've done. Uh, a lot of people have graded their off-season moves at a, at a C range. But with Foles there, with Andy Dalton there, the additions they made, remember, wide receivers, Jermon, uh, Geronimo Allison and Marquise Goodwin, two guys that started in 19 sat out with COVID. Defensive line. Eric Goldman started 15 games. John Atkins started six games. Both players sat out with COVID. Add their additions, Christian Jones, that linebacker, and Achu from Denver, Trufant from Detroit on, on cornerback. Uh, this is a defense that last year actually fell off. They were actually a number 11 in yards per game after being number three and eight. But a lot of times your defense struggles when you have quarterbacks like Trubisky and Folds that go three and out and only had a 26-16 ratio. I think the Bears get it done. I think the Bears actually win the division. So you and I will not be agreeing on this one because I look at Chicago. I don't like their offensive line. I don't love their skills and talent. And now they have three crappy quarterbacks instead of just one. Uh, I don't see a difference maker uh, on Chicago at the QB position right now. So we're going to agree to disagree on the Chicago Bears. Ralph likes them more than I do. And at the end of the year, we can come back and... We can make fun of each other. Teddy, Minnesota or Green Bay for you, bud? Minnesota, without a doubt. Uh, in terms of value, line value. Uh, the Vikings, a team that a year ago, I mean, everything that could go wrong did go wrong for Minnesota last year. From an injury standpoint, uh, from a uh, defensive standpoint, they lost a lot of winnable games. I trust Zimmer to bounce back off a losing year, and I think uh, there's a lot of talent in Minnesota, both sides of the football. Speaking of a lot of talent, the New Orleans Saints have had Super Bowl-caliber talent in every recent years. This year, however, they're making a change at the QB position. Whether it's going to be Jameis Winston, whether it's going to be Taysom Hill, there is a big change for New Orleans. They won the NFC South last year. Tampa finished in second. Carolina and Atlanta a long way back. NFC South this year, what do you make of it? I like the Atlanta team. There's something about me that still brings me back to Matt Ryan. You look at, you know, just a couple years ago when they had the number seven offense in 2017 when they went 10-6, and 
Yes, they struggled going seven and nine those two years before last year that fell apart. And we knew last year was going to be uh, a team that, that did that. But you're adding a, a running back who's going to help you in Davis. You're adding uh, some defensive guys who are going to help in safety positions with Harmon and Harris. Uh, you know, again, I can't touch Tampa Bay, though. It's, it's a team that's just so good. It's a team that didn't lose anyone. How often does it happen that you have a Super Bowl team and the only three players that you don't have signed are a tight end that started two games, an offensive lineman that started three games, and an offensive lineman that started two games that retired? You picked up a couple free agents. I have Tampa Bay favored in every game. They're favored by one and a half in my numbers against the Rams. Every other game they're favored by three or more. The problem is this. You were the second healthiest team last year. You only used 63 players. You only started 37 players. And how about this on defense? Tampa Bay only started 16 players. That means there are 11 starters and only five backups started a game. That type of health in the NFL back-to-back seasons is almost unheard of. So while Tampa Bay is a better team, I think their win total is actually something that I would lean under. I didn't get to the window with it. I'm not betting it. They're still the class of the division. But with the other teams down, they can actually drop down a notch or two, still be where they are to win the division, but not get to as many wins. And, of course, uh, Tampa Bay, there's some quarterback who apparently isn't getting any younger either. Ralph, one more division we've got to get through, and we've got to do it quick. Before we do that, I do want to give you a chance uh, to promote. Obviously, you can find you on Twitter at CalSportsLV. What else do you want to tell our listening audience? If you're a baseball guide, I do a daily baseball newsletter called The First Pitch. It's free. You follow me at Twitter. I do a link each day. And again, the NFL guide is just something you want to downsheet. Just go to goldsheet.com. You'll see it right on the front page. We've got just about a minute here, buddy, and we have a whole division we got to talk. Oh, by the way, it's an interesting division, too. NFC West, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals, 49ers. Anyone you like to bet on or against out of that group? I like San Fran. San Fran to win the division. San Fran over the win total. I think the Rams are overpriced. You look at the, what the Rams did. Yes, Stafford is an upgrade. But you lose Josh Reynolds, a 13-game starter wide receiver. You pick up Jackson, who started five. I think he's done. You miss an offensive lineman. You miss a defensive lineman. You miss a linebacker. You miss a safety. You miss a quarterback. On your defense that was number one last year, you are missing five starters that started 14 or more games, and you didn't pick up anyone in free agency. I think too much of the Stafford love on the Rams, and I think Seattle is down as well. If you look at Seattle last year, they were number 19, minus 11 yards per game. Russell Wilson cannot do the fourth quarter magic that he did last year. All San Fran for me. Rams number two make the playoffs. Seattle finishes fourth behind Arizona. Oh, yeah. And uh, Chris uh, Chris Andrews said that there was a whole lot of support for Arizona in the offseason betting marketplace over the South Point. Ralph Michaels, great stuff. Thank you so much for joining me here on Cover It with Teddy Covers. We'll talk to you again next time. Thanks, Teddy. Cover It continues. Stay tuned after this brief, brief commercial message. You make my heart
expert pers- sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com We're in the whole stretch of coverage with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM Channel 204, the Sports Grid, our radio network. I do want to thank both of my guests today. Boy, they brought it. I really appreciate it when my guests bring it. Chris Andrews uh, from the South Point, again, at Andrews Sports uh, on Twitter. He's the race and sportsbook director at the South Point. If you're in Vegas, you should stop by the South Point. They do offer unique wines and unique offerings that you don't find everywhere uh, in town, and of course, Ralph Michaels at Cal Sports LV uh, on Twitter. I want to thank Ralph for sharing his NFL guide and his thoughts about the NFL. And Ralph said something about Andy Reid that really stood out to me when he talked about Andy Reid going over the total, the season win total number in each of the last six years in Kansas City. That is rare. Okay, teams normally at some point. They'll have a down year here, a down year there, an injury-riddled year here, a bad schedule situation there. You don't often see teams go over year in, year out, year in, year out. And the Chiefs have done it every year since Andy Reid has been there. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. You want to have fun? Go back and look at the Philadelphia Eagles under Andy Reid and how many overs they cash. Again, his first year there, they went 5-11, and 11, took over for Ray Rhodes. And then... 11 and 5, 11 and 5, 12 and 4, 12 and 4, 13 and 3, all over. 6 and 10 went under. 10 and 6 went over. I think he pushed it 8 and 8. 9 and 6 went over. 10 and 5 went over. 10 and 6 went over. Yes. So if you're adding them all up and you've done nothing but bet Andy Reid's teams over their season win total for the last 20 years, there probably hasn't been a better bet to make in the NFL. It has been remarkably consistent. And again, a guy who's had a grand total. He's had two two losing years in Philly. No losing years yet in Kansas City. That's going to wrap it for this week. Again, thanks for taking time out of your busy day to hang out with me uh, here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. We'll do it again next week, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, bright and early. Between now and then, enjoy the games. Good luck. Cheers. Those nights when you've got no lights, the check is in the mail.